Hi, I'm Holly, your host of the Crush the Rush podcast. I work full-time and run a full-time coaching business. I started my first coaching business when my twins were 18 months old, and I was excited to start something I was passionate about, but overwhelmed with how to make progress in such small pockets of time. The methods of working three to four hours a day in blocks of time didn't work, quite frankly, because I didn't have it. So my mission is to share how you can put together your own side hustle strategy and plan that works for you without giving up your goals and still focusing on your priorities. I can't wait to help you grow your business and more importantly, enjoy that well-deserved time off. Let's get to the show. You are listening to episode 65 of the Crush the Rush podcast. And in this episode with my friend Liz, we are chatting all about the ultimate nurture sequence for beginners. So you're going to want to stay tuned because not only does she cover how to create that first email nurture sequence that you might have for your lead magnet or your freemium, but reasons why a welcome sequence is so important, how to build it, and easy software tools to use. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of systems and email automation is the very first system that I set up when I started my network marketing business and still probably the biggest system I have in place right now. Liz's mission is to help more women leaders confidently launch their next offer while we're moving the guesswork of creating consistent five and six figure month revenue in their coaching programs, which sounds pretty amazing. She's worked with pivotal components and numerous course launches with six and seven figure business owners and also worked with major online educators, influencers, and household names like Stitch Fix, Bare Minerals, and Fabulous. She really believes in teaching and empowering women to succeed online by taking the stress out of marketing and really allowing women to grow and focus on leading a purpose-fulfilled life. You guys are going to want to dig in and take notes on this one because it is packed with information. Hey, Liz, welcome to the Crush the Rush podcast. How are you today? I'm doing so well, Holly. I'm so excited to be here talking to you today. I know. I'm very excited too. So Liz is a marketing coach and expert funnel strategist. And I feel like funnels are sort of what have saved me as I've started to scale and grow multiple businesses. And so I'm very excited to talk to Liz about her expertise Um, specifically around creating that ultimate nurture sequence when you're just starting out. Um, And the cool thing is, is in a lot of the previous podcasts where people have asked me about systems and strategy, the nurture sequence is the one thing that I always say was so important in just getting started, just getting those first couple of emails and um, contact points out with your clients or people that you're trying to nurture. So But before we get into all of that, you can tell I'm excited. Um, Tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got started on all of this. Sure, yeah. Um, I think I was thinking about this before we jumped on, and I think I could probably pinpoint, you know, what I do and why I love doing it so much because I've always sort of enjoyed writing and crafting stories. but I took a little bit of a roundabout way to get to where I am today. Um, So if we fast forward, you know, through my career a little bit, um, I got started working for a 
few very well-known brands like Ford Motor Company, Bare Minerals, Stitch Fix, to name a few, running million-dollar ad campaigns. But it really wasn't until I started helping Silicon Valley startups that I realized I was passionate about helping brands in the beginning and middle stages of their business journeys. I think I realized that there are so many people with unique talents and passions that deserve to be shared with the world, but they really lacked the how of marketing. And so they were holding themselves back from launching their product or scaling their income to the next level. And I started meeting women entrepreneurs that had proved they had a special product or service and tons of value to offer their audience. They just really didn't know how to deliver their message or market their product in a way that authentically attracted the right buyer. So I think the short version is, you know, I hung up my corporate hat and made it my mission to specifically help women entrepreneurs confidently market their brands and sell their passions online, hopefully stress-free. And today I help six and seven-figure business owners launch, scale, and thrive um, their online business with effective Facebook, Instagram advertising, and high conversion copy. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think we have a little bit of a similar background when it comes to, to corporate work. And I feel like I felt the same way. Like the strategy work that I do now for small and medium businesses is so rewarding. I mean, it's fun to do it for for larger businesses and you definitely learn a lot. Um, but it's when you actually have like a face with the company and you get to see them grow and the impact it has on their families and their lives. Um, it's really cool. So thank yeah, you exactly. so much for sharing and, um, let's dive into the topic. And that is the, the ultimate nurture sort of welcome sequence when you're just getting started. So let's start out with why this is so important. Um, and why it's a really good place to start. Well, for one, email marketing is not going away. It's been around for decades and ages, um, and it's really an essential tool for attracting and retaining customers. Um, but I think your audience probably already, you know, knows that a little bit. Um, but for most people, it's you know tough to sit down and write a nurture sequence or like a welcome sequence, if you will. Um, and I always try to teach and tell people that if we could just think about our nurture sequence as more of like a first impression sequence, sort of like, you know, if you want to put a real life example to it, like inviting friends over for dinner after you met them at a yoga session or you're out to the park or something, um, and you're just sitting down and having a conversation with them, um, it would make sitting down and actually writing a welcome sequence a whole lot easier if you could just make it a little bit more tangible and think about the people on the other side of the screen that you're writing to. Yeah, I love that. I love the dinner analogy. I totally am <laughs> going to have to um, use that one. So when you're getting started, what are some quick, easy emails that you can start with that'll really help you build that relationship? Yeah, so the first email that you definitely want to have is a welcome email. So this email will be uh, welcoming your new lead or um, subscriber into your world. Some people will start off with, you know, a free resource that you're um, exchanging for their email address. 
Um, and so that first email would be, you know, delivering that opt-in or lead magnet um, to your new lead. But then you're also kind of sharing them a little bit about what they can benefit from being um, as a subscriber of yours, you know, getting into your inside world and, you know, how they'll benefit from opening your emails and engaging with you and, and what you really offer to them, you know, as whether you're a coach or a service provider. Yeah. So that's all in one email, right? So that would yes. be like the first part of that. Um, do you have any advice for maybe how long the sequence should be or sort of what type of email would go in the sequence? Yeah. So after your first initial welcome email, you'll likely be looking at four to five additional emails after that to kind of nurture and warm up your audience. Um, and then after that, it kind of just depends on what the purpose of your sequence is. So for example, if you're looking to sell a product or service within that same nurture sequence, you probably will um, deliver about six emails over a course of, you know, potentially a week or two weeks. So you're not emailing them, you know, all the time or every day. You're kind of dripping that content out to them over a series of days to warm them up to who you are. You know, a lot of people talk about the know, like, and trust factor. Um, so you're really just like helping warm them up to who you are, inviting them into your world. But more importantly, talking about why they're here on your email list um, and what you can really help them accomplish. Yeah. So would you say those four to five emails where you're like nurturing and warming up is really just delivering more value? So showing like how you can help and how you can solve some of their pain points? Yes, exactly. So what I always, you know, we're talking about the first impression, um, the nurture sequence being your first impression sequence um, earlier. And what I always um, kind of tell people and what we deliver um, with my agency for people because we offer done for you um, email copy is we walk people down the path of welcoming them into their world, agitating the struggles that they're going through, and then helping them to see what's on the other side of that desire that they're looking for. So how we're going to get them from, you know, where our customer is now, what are they struggling with? What keeps them up at night? Um, and then how do we move them from I'm struggling, I don't want to be in this position anymore to this is the service or product or, you know, free resource. This is the Facebook group I have that can help you get over um, the struggles that you have now and help you to get on the other side of where you want to be or who you want to be. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think it's it's an interesting dance of sort of nurturing their relationship and, and sharing, um, sort of pulling out their pain points in a healthy way, but then letting them know that they have ways that you can help solve it. So I think that's really, really helpful. Um, when you get into sort of the end of the sequence of like, okay, you've done like the warm up, we'll call it. How do you transition to like, you're pitching something. So you're either pitching like your community or your freebie or something that you're selling. Um, how? Do, what would be some advice there? Yeah, great question. So Holly, I think the best way to do this and the most authentic way to do this is to tell a story. Um, 
storytelling, brand storytelling has been very, very powerful um, to authentically share and help your reader to see themselves in the same light. And what I mean by that, for example, would be, you know, do you have any success stories of your own customers that you can share with your reader to help them understand that, hey, look, someone else was in your same shoes or maybe you yourself as, you know, the coach or a service provider. Um, maybe you were yourself in the same shoes. How did you overcome that struggle? How did you overcome it in a way that can also help the person on the other side of the screen that's reading that email at that time? So that's really the easiest way to transition from, hey, this is how I'm going to, you know, help you to this is why you want to buy this thing, this product, this service, or this is just, you know, why you want to continue to stay on my email list. Yeah, I love that so much. And then I guess any other tips around if this is right, if this is truly your first email sequence, which I actually recommend because I think it's a good one to start with. Um, any other tips sort of as you're diving into this? Yeah, so people get overwhelmed by writing email sequences, especially, you know, a lot of people suggest batch emailing, which is great once you get in a rhythm of, you know, knowing the solutions that you're offering your brand. Um, but once you're starting out, I always suggest just write the first two emails um, that's, that are going to go to your lead within the first couple days. You don't have mm -hmm. to have the entire sequence built out in order to start collecting leads. You know, you don't even have to have a website in order to yeah. start collecting leads. You could just have a simple landing page um, or newsletter form or even a wait list. Yeah. Um, but if you just write that first welcome sequence, like really excited, you know, having fun, welcoming your new lead into your into your world. And then maybe one other email that shares, you know, another tip or you go further, um, deeper into a strategy or hack or, or tip that your new lead might find valuable at this moment in their life. That's really all you need to, to get started is those first two emails. And then after that, you know, you could take 30 minutes a day to write one more email, you know, and then 30 minutes the next day to write another email. They don't have to be long and lengthy. They just, you know, have to speak from your heart and connect with your um, reader. Really think about why they are going to want to read your emails and think about how you can help them. Um, and really 30 minutes a day, you know, you can do anything for 30 minutes. Yeah. So, um, it's a really great way to just continue to write emails and and think about how you're moving people from you know, lead all the way down to buyer. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I do think when you start talking, and I do want to talk about tools here in a minute, when you start talking about tools and building that back end, it does get overwhelming, but it really can be as simple as having like a Google form and like one or two follow-up emails just to get started, um, which is a really good reminder. 
Hey there, I wanted to pop in really quick and invite you to join me as an extension of this podcast over in the Crush the Rush community. This is a private Facebook community where I go live every Monday and teach and answer questions all about how to build the side hustle of your dreams that does not mean working crazy hours and burnout. And so you can join me live ask questions, dig into topics that matter, and then also join the community. So every week we have guest speakers, we have monthly trainings, and it is all totally free. So I hope that if you love this podcast, you are going to love the community as well and all the amazing side hustlers that have joined us. You do not want to miss out on all these resources. So go to the show notes, grab the link, come jump in, and I can't wait to see you on the inside. Um, okay, so now I want to dig into the software tools or any tools that you use that you would recommend um, if you are ready to sort of use something to help you do this. Yeah, tools are a great way to get started, get everything on automation, which I love. Um, there are a couple email service providers that you could use and most have a free trial. So you could get started or, you know, a seven or 10 or 14 day trial for free. Um, you can, you could even test out a few different ones to see what the nuances between them are. Um, most of them at the base level are the same. Once you get into more advanced strategies, you know, like segmenting your audience or wanting to tag specific people that come and opt in for, you know, if you had different lead magnets or something. But when you're starting out, you can start with that free trial and then some even have like $0 fees up to a certain number of subscribers or very, you know, low minimal fees um, that you'll just pay like a small monthly um, fee for using that um, tool. And some of my favorite ones are ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign. Those are probably my top two. MailChimp, a lot of people start with. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a long-term strategy. Um, for an email service provider to use only because they do have some limitations with, you know, once you get into more advanced strategy strategies. Um, Flowdesk obviously is a, is a newer platform that you could use. I know a lot of people love it for the design aspect. Um, so if you're looking for more of a creative, more design heavy um, and format heavy um, email that you really want to be creative with, then Flowdesk is a good option to make really easy, like pretty emails. Um, but you don't really need anything fancy. You know, just the text and, you know, copy is good enough. You don't have to have like all the bells and whistles to get started. Those are some great options to help you just literally write the, the copy of the email. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yeah, I love that. And I think those those tool tips are really helpful. I actually have one more question around the copy itself. Um, and this is probably more of a personal question. But when you are thinking about writing copy, like I see so many emails that are like different colors with like bold fonts and then like big font and then little font. And then some people now are doing it like all centered with like different sizes and, and GIFs and like pictures. Is there... There's, I know there's not one way, but is there a way that you would recommend um, that maybe gets more visibility or that performs better? Well, the one thing I would say 
is you definitely want to have your emails mobile optimized because most people will opt in um, likely through their mobile device and then they're looking at your emails on their mobile devices. (laughs) I read a stat the other day that was like 99% of people open their email before they even get out of bed. (laughs) So make sure you're really thinking about um, what your um, email looks like on a mobile platform. So just like a mobile device. And most email service providers will give you a display option to preview your text, what it would look like on both desktop and mobile before you send it out. Or you can always just like, you know, send it to yourself before you send it to anyone and make sure that it flows nicely on a mobile device as well as desktop. Yeah, that's a great tip. Is there anything that you should always include in an email, um, like a signature or like a PS line? Is there anything that you want to make sure that's definitely there? Well, I think the biggest thing would be to focus only on one purpose and one goal of your email at a time. You know, a lot of people will make the mistake of sending people all over the place within the same email. For example, they're sending them to their, um, you know, to their podcast, to their Facebook group, to their lead magnet. They want them to opt in here and they want them to go like this on social or share in their stories. Um, And too many actions cause for actually no action at all. So we really just want to have each of the emails only focus on one goal at a time. And that will also help you to determine, you know, where you want, if you are going to use bold font, color, GIFs, you know, anything like that to draw more attention to other elements and words in your copy, then you'll be able to really focus on what words to highlight, you know, if you want to include a GIF, what it should, what it should look like, so you're not scattered and all over the place. If you just have one goal for each of your emails, um, you'll see not only higher engagement, but also more people will open more of your emails because you're not over, you know, flooding them with too many messages of things that you want them to do at a time. Yeah, I definitely fall into that trap because I get stuck in that like add value. And so I'm like, oh, here's something and here's something else and here's something else. And so I think that's a really great um, tip. Anything else you want to share about um, nurture sequences or or sequences in general that would be helpful? You know, email is a fantastic way and it's such a powerful tool for communicating directly to our ideal customers. And unfortunately, it's typically like the first thing that falls off when people get busy. Um, And what I'll say to that is that automation here will be your best friend. Because, and it's why I love, you know, email marketing. One of the reasons why I love email marketing so much is because I can send strategic messages to my audience at the exact right time that I want them to read that message. And I can walk them intentionally down the path from, you know, welcome to my universe to, hey, you will love this thing to, hey, I have something really awesome and special just for you to, you know, I just created this awesome new product. You might want to check it out. And that isn't something that you can do on any other organic channel, specifically Instagram. So a lot of people will focus first on Instagram, then building their email list. Um, But that's not something that you can do on Instagram. So I would just challenge everyone to think about email marketing and its effectiveness in getting your message 
at the right time to um, your ideal customers. Um, And it can all be automated. So you don't have to worry about like, you know, oh, I have to spend tons of hours on social media or I have to like post 10 times a day. You can set it. It can be a set it and forget it for a while type of thing. Obviously, there's metrics that you want to look at, but it can be a set it and forget it can be done. You know, you can be serving your audience well while you're playing with your kids or, you know, having another meeting or, you know, I'm sure, you know, on a podcast like this, yeah. or, you know, in your sleep, taking a nap, like you can be serving your audience well while doing so many other things. Yeah. I, and I, whenever somebody asks me, you know, how do you balance still working full-time and scaling your business? I would have to say that this backend automation is hands down the way that I've done it. Um, and there's obviously always room to grow, but having that set up is saves me hours, um, if not days of time. So it's very exciting to dig into, uh, before we wrap up the podcast, I always ask three questions and I'm super interested in these. The first one is what is your current morning routine? Ooh, morning routine. Well, I, I think I wake up around, I'd say normally like five thirty or six in the morning. I'm definitely an early riser. Um, I typically will have like start my day with hot water, lemon, and then I spend typically every day I try to spend like at least an hour getting my mind right. And for me, that looks like popping headphones in my ears and listening to my favorite podcast or audible at the time um, while I'm at the gym doing cycle, you know, or doing yoga at home when (laughs) all the gyms were shut down. Um, But that really, I think, has helped me to stay grounded within all the chaos that's going on in the world and also, you know, transition. Because I wasn't previously like solely 100% working at home before. Um, So that also helps me to transition working solely 100% at home, like not going to a coffee shop or like, you know, workspace or anything. Um, and the gym does help to see people like from afar. (laughs) So that just is like, Oh, there's other people in the world. But yeah, that's definitely, definitely helped. That's awesome. What is one resource that has helped you the most in your journey so far? I think hiring the right people and under like realizing that this journey is long and that it can be fun. I think when I first started, especially transitioning from the corporate world, you know, I was climbing that cor- corporate ladder pretty hard um, and fast. And for me, I think I'm like definitely like type A competitive where I'm like, I want this go- to go from zero to like a thousand percent yesterday. And so for me, I had to like take a step back and realize that, you know, this can be fun journey. It's going to be, it's not like a quick fix. Um, I wanted it to be sustainable and I wanted it to be for the long term. And so I had, for me, I had to like realize that, you know, it's a journey and it can can be fun and working with the right people has definitely helped that. Yeah, I love that. And I think really realizing that it's not like what's tomorrow or the next day, it's what's like three to five years from now, which I talk about a lot. Um, The last one is the fun one. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I think for (laughs) me, it would be having like a power of magnetism or something. I swear every time I try to leave the house, I'm always like, where's my phone? Where are my keys? Where's my bag? Like, (laughs) where's my water? I think it would be amazing if I had some sort of 
magnetic device that I could just like attract all the things that I needed to leave the house to me. I probably would never be late again, which would be nice. That's um, awesome. But yeah, that'd probably be a superpower that I would greatly benefit from. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Liz. This has been so helpful. And I know you dropped a couple of really amazing resources for us, which I'll put in the show notes. Can you tell everyone where to find you, what you're up to, um, and all the things? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. This has been a blast. Um, We have some really big things um, coming down over that we typically share, that I'll typically share on Instagram. You can find me at LizBoer underscore com. It's L-I-Z-B-O-E-R underscore com. Um, I'll be launching my own podcast this winter, so I'll definitely have to have you on the show. So exciting. Um, Yeah. So, but normally announcements um, are there. And then also, of course, to my email subscribers, we definitely have a lot of insider chats there. So feel free, anyone, if you love emails and getting tips about marketing, definitely uh, subscribe and you will greatly benefit from it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Liz. This was amazing. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Crush the Rush podcast. If this was helpful to you, I'd love it if you would please leave a review. It is truly what makes this show keep going and keeps the amazing guests possible. Even better, tag me on Instagram stories and let me know what you think. I cannot wait to hear from you.